Welcome to Thawhack. Welcome back to another episode of Thought Hack. Really quick, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Blue Microphone, Wild Horn Outfitters, Catalyst Case, and Sunstroke. Uh, for a really long time, I've been trying to figure out how to get my man Ani down into the the studio. You've been like, you're one of the busiest people I know. No, cut, cut it out. No, no, seriously. There's a, I'm busy as fuck. That's and fun. I know, um, Ant's super busy. I know a handful of guys that, I feel like our schedules would like maybe kill the average person. I don't know how I, I fit what I fit in a day. I'm like super anal about like time and like hard stops and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're the same. Um, I don't want to butcher your whole name because I, I'm, you're strictly honest. So if you could go through, uh, your last name for me, cause I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Yeah. Now you good. It's Sanya. Sanya. I'm All right. Sanya. Yeah. So. How's I'm gonna jump right into it because like you know we've been talking and I don't want to like walk through any pleasantries. How's uh COVID been treating it? Man, you know I was mentioning it earlier. It's been probably the most challenging six months for me as a business person. And there's a really interesting element of like how do you take care of your mental health and and mm-hmm. kind of do um the the work on yourself during this time where you know it's a lot of isolation, a lot of uncertainty. So I've been uh. I can't even front. I've been, I've been in a tough spot. You know, I think, uh, I have a lot of exposure to the restaurant business, the real mm-hmm. estate business and the music business. Um, and those are three spaces that you don't want to be in right now, you know, mm-hmm. and I have, I have businesses that are, that are saving me, you know, and, and, and generating cash and keeping us afloat, but having a lot of projects that were either, um, very much, you know, in flow and, and being developed and for that to just the carpet gets pulled out. It, it really has been tough, but that's all, a, um, that's all a, a first world perspective compared to what other people are going through, you know, so I get you. And I feel the same way you just brought that up. Sometimes I feel guilty for kind of being down on myself when, when the whole situation started. I, I really. And not even low key. I was kind of just like very blah. We had all these plans. I spent all of last year's like, you know, planting these seeds and 2020 was going to be the year. You know what I mean? We, we invested a lot. We had, we had money all over the place, man. You know, um, and you know, like my, my family situation. So I'm very careful with and meticulous with the moves I make because mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm responsible for so many people, but to have all those plans kind of go to shit. And not even gradually, it was just like you hit bottom and you think it can't get any worse. And then the news keeps coming and then the shutdown and then the extensions. And I I was down for what? Like I was mentally out of commission for a good three or four weeks. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think um, I was right there with you, but I know I couldn't afford it. And yeah. and. The funny thing about me coming into 2020 is last year was really tough because we opened a restaurant, we invested a lot of our own capital into it, and it's just a pure time of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? You look at um, a lot of people have the luxury of investing other people's money, but for people like us, you know, first generation wealth, you're trying to close that gap in, yeah. in one generation in a couple of years, and you really got to take big bets. And I came into the year like, you know, I reset my energy and I was feeling so good. Uh, January, February, March, we were in Atlanta at the same time. I get, mm-hmm. you know, I was moving yeah. around and, uh, 
you know, COVID hit, I think I lost about a hundred thousand dollars. I saw you post about that two weeks. So, Jesus. I, so that's when, when you say it was not slow, mm. you know, that was like a, a, a violent, you know, mm. reminder of what I was about to go through. The, and I, I don't want to put my hands in people's pockets, but the, the average person I feel like would, would die at the thought of losing 10 grand, which I mean, I've lost, I've lost money. Like I've lost 10,000 in a sitting. I've lost 20 grand in a sitting and it's, it's hurt, man. But a hundred thousand dollars is like people can't imagine making that sum of money. Some people, like the average person, let alone losing it in a sitting. How do you like function yeah. through that? And I've been on both sides of that. I've been I've been in a position where I used to earn twenty grand a year, mm-hmm. you know, and and being like, what 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 a hundred grand look like? Mm-hmm. And I've been in a position on this side where you lose a hundred and you're like, all right, how am I going to sustain? You know, I think. Again, back to that idea of how do you close the wealth gap? And if you got to make big bets, you really have to, you know, move at a speed and you got to take certain risks, obviously having done the math on them. And, you know, the way I lost it, it wasn't even like I made a, a irresponsible play. It wasn't like I did something that was out of the playbook. You know, mm-hmm. it was very much um, the Completely right out of your hands. Yeah. And it was just, you know, so how do you cope with that? I think. Part of me since that day, what, March 16th, I think I still remember, I, I still kept my head in the game. You know, like I haven't tapped out. I've been trying to figure out how to get it back this entire time, every mm-hmm. day, tapping, you know, my lenders, tapping these people that, you know, are responsible for some of it. And just really like incrementally trying to make a move to get that back. And, and my mind is on that recoup, is on that re-up, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it forces you violently to kind of reassess what's important and kind of where, you know, you think you're going to go. And then you have mm-hmm. to really adjust your business strategy. You know, I think for you, similarly, it's like every year as an entrepreneur, you expect to make more money. Yeah, definitely. And for the last five to 10 years, we've been living in a, in a bull market. Yeah. We've been living in a time of uh, technological and, and, and uh, societal advances, right? Outside of. The, the injustice and the things that yeah yeah of course society, i'm going to touch on that yeah from a business side you know we've been <clears throat> we've been on the up right then sometimes like this these times remind you what if i make less money than i made last year am i okay with that <laughs> am i really built for the marathon to understand that it's not going to be yeah you know and and that's where i'm at now like oh. it's a it's a humbling experience but like at the same time it's rough because these these setbacks especially for like people of color like like us are are devastating and some people can't i mean fortunately like you're you're figuring out some people don't recover from stuff Mm -hmm. like this i remember um and this was a while ago and it's cool when things mean one thing to you in one part of your life and another thing to you completely in another part of your life but um when rick ross said your your first million is the hardest right I didn't really get it, right? But then you sit down and you break it down in your head and you're like, it costs money to make money. So as an entrepreneur of color, you're starting from zero. So you're you're focused on that first like four digit check, like a thousand dollar check Mm -hmm. is like everything. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And from working from thousand dollars to maybe five thousand to ten thousand to fifteen 
back to 10 because you have to like re up or make a big investment and take a leap of faith to maybe making. I remember the point where I was self employed and I was making, I would say, ballpark 25 to 30,000 a year. And I was elated that I was basically paying myself in a way like a little bit more than minimum wage mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that was like a milestone for me and then now looking back at it i'm kind of like if i took a hit any point or a misstep at any point i yeah. i probably might have never recovered i probably would have just went and got a job or something and then that that would have been the end of it yeah losing a hundred grand bro and still still having that I saw the tweet you wrote and still having an attitude of like at least I had the hundred grand to lose or trying to look in a bright side of it is like you know this mental fortitude that is fucking insane. Nah, I appreciate that, but you articulated that really, really well. That idea of like that first check mm-hmm. and then how it feels to be independent and, and to be earning and to understand that the potential for you to build a career exists. That alone for, for black and brown people is a gold mine, just yeah. mentally, because we, we're not taught that type of thing exists. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. um, back to your point about not surviving, that's real. Like, mm-hmm. I think right now we live in a time where small business, I don't think people are understanding how dire it is for small business. If, we, if you work from home or if, you know, you have like a, a little bit of a, a virtual element to your, to your work. Mm-hmm. You're very isolated from what's going on on Main Street or worse than that, what's going on off of Main Street, you know, for 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 black and brown small businesses. Mm. And as somebody that's on the front line there, you know, with the restaurant and just kind of like going through it. It's bad, you know, and and my mindset, you know, to, to recap was just, you know, I lost it and I couldn't afford to lose it, you know, meaning like I had plans for that, you know, to, mm, to take care you. of family, to. To and that's them. and that's another tough element because even with all of your success personally, you're still surrounded by family who's figuring it out or working their nine to fives or whatever. Right. So like making a certain amount of money. I remember like my first like five digit, like my first big check, right? To get twenty grand and be like, oh my God, like this is nuts. And then still be like, well, I can't do anything with this. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bro, yes, I do. I you get your first big check and then like this wave of like depression washes over you because when you only have like $200 in your bank account, this is a big deal. And keep in mind, you're hustling from a point where you don't know the lingo. You don't know investors. You're just hustling. You're figuring shit out yeah. as you go along. There was no one who nine times I didn't have a, a mentor right. like I had to like piece shit together online and just like figure balls. it out. Yeah. Get a big check and then not being able to retire your parents, not being able to make like a, a huge invest, like to just sit on this. And it's like, it's more than I had. And it's enough to do like fuck shit with, you know yeah. what I mean? Go yeah. buy like a chain or some, some dumb shit or whatever. Right. But it's not enough to make any type of substantial change. Man, my brother and I have this joke and it's like, um, it's going to sound a little crazy, but like we have this joke where it's like, I couldn't wipe my ass with 20 bands right now. And, <laughs> and my mom work a retail job, you know, it yeah. breaks my heart every day because I know even if I get a a hundred thousand dollar check, I know, I know how it has to be used. You know, yeah. like 
I've been wanting to buy a Porsche. I've been wanting to own a Porsche since I was Dude, like eight year old kid. That's right? crazy because that's my dream car. I think we had this conversation yeah, we might have had like, this, since I was you know, since I was every, a kid. To this day, every week I do some research just mm-hmm. just to keep it alive. But the amount of money that I paid off my dad's credit card and my you know my parents you know things that I've done there, I could have bought two Porsches. But yeah, that's that's life, you know. And I think that the same way our families give us purpose is the same way that we have to you know. Um, understand that it's bigger than us and and staying grounded to to be able to do that it's it's still frustrating because like if like being able to help like my parents pay their mortgage or whatever like all that's cool but it's like the fact that i'm i still feel powerless to make any real change substantial change i feel like i'm not even if i make a million dollars tomorrow if i can't make my parents millionaires too i feel like yo i'm i'm still hit like i'm not i'm yeah. not there yet yeah i know the number of my dad's mortgage right now i know that i know the physical number that i need mm, to pay that's off that's crazy so after i you know if i make mm-hmm. five million dollars you know it mm-hmm. it's, it's cool i mm-hmm. love you know i'm working on it but at the same time it's not like my life is going to dramatically change when you take a hit like that what keeps you going um i'm competitive bro uh, i i think like one thing that's been lost a little bit now we live and not not politically Word. correct, but we just live in a time where Word. it's like, yo, everybody can win, you know. Shout out to and and shout out to everybody. Yeah, definitely. But I didn't grow up like that, you know, because yeah. I grew up if if you didn't if you couldn't like if you weren't the first one, you weren't the one. Yeah, you know, and and that competitive nature is in me. So when it comes like when I take a loss, my first thing is like, nah, I'm not yeah. about to lose because yeah. I can't see it, you know, like the restaurant. You know, my brother and I, not not family, not parents, my brother and I took mm-hmm. the money from our agency that we had built and reinvested a lot of it into the cafe. Mm-hmm. The idea of that, those doors having to shut is not something I could even visualize, you know, because to me, that would be a loss that I, I couldn't, I don't know how to recover from, you know. So my competitive nature drives a lot of that. Um, I, I'm a problem solver, similar to you, mm-hmm. you know, so when I take an L, I'm like, Hold on. All right, that's an L on the surface, but in a lot of other ways, there's learnings here about what I need to do to get better. You know, one thing I used to do, and I still I don't do it as much now, but I I love watching like gangster flicks or like certain movies. So many lessons, man. So many gems. Watch them to figure out where did you mess up. So I I literally said this the other day. I literally said this the other day. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it a woman? Was it a? Was Mm. it a? you know too much flossing too much sam rothstein where did you mess up you should have stayed in food and beverage like let me not make the same usually it's like nine times out of ten it's a combination of women and resting on your laurels and somebody basically getting lazy and slipping up the the worst thing is like for example american gangster right Mm -hmm. where he did everything perfect and his downfall was because somebody else fucked up yeah and and that's the the team yeah. element, you know. Yeah. And to this, and it's funny because I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like you don't need to be, you know, some kind of multimillionaire. Like mm-hmm. those issues that are in those movies exist mm-hmm. in our lives every day. Mm-hmm. I, I see it. I'm like, how am I dealing with this combination of things? Like mm-hmm. this is wild. I'm literally watching the movie playback in my own life and making sure that I don't make the same mistakes. I randomly saw Frank Lucas at a no fucking Home Depot in in uh the fucking newark i swear to god i think he lived in in jersey i guess after he got out he was in a wheelchair no like after he got out he was he was out like because i think most of the people he he had ratted on either died or like nobody gave a fuck anymore but he was definitely in newark he was in a wheelchair he was being wheeled by some guy 
and he was in the Home Depot. Nah. And I literally was like, oh shit, that's Frank Lucas. Nah. And that was the end of it. I swear to God. That's crazy. On everything I love. I believe it. Like, it's that's crazy. nuts. All yeah. the times I've been to Home And it was literally like maybe a, a year after American Gangster came out in the theaters. Because at the end of American Gangster, they have a picture of Frank. Yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. I, yeah. You know, that's crazy. It's nuts. Um, and I hear they're, they're going to be remaking Scarface, which is heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm devastated. Cool that. Yeah. So, the the competitive nature, and I get the whole PC thing, and I'm competitive in a way where it's like, I want everybody on equal footing. So, if someone is in the same space as me, and they hit me up, and they're like, dude, um, how'd you do this? Or how'd you do that? And how'd you do I'm just like, all right, I'm going to give you what I got, because I feel like you're still not you're still not better than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 100%. Like you're like even if you're as good as me, you're not going to outhustle me or you're going to help me unlock this gear and I like I picture myself as like shifting gears when like you know I'm working and everything and like for instance having kids gave me another gear mm-hmm. that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of bro like there's no way I'm going to let my kids live in X Y and Z. Like I'll go through shit and my family will never feel it. Right. Which is a very lonely experience. Right. Trying to compartmentalize like that. But at the same time, like, I have a very antiquated, and, and people are going to say it's toxic masculinity, but I have a very antiquated idea of what, like, being a man is. You know, it's funny. That really reminds me of my dad. Same mm-hmm. thing. I mean, we went through so much, and the quality of life in our family mm-hmm. never really changed based it's proportionate to what he was going through, yeah. you know, financially and employment wise. And, and I have a lot of that. And you're right. It is looked mm-hmm. at, you know, being a man, uh, I still look at it as being a provider yeah. and being somebody that is impenetrable in terms of like anything, mm-hmm. you know, and those things can, uh, those things can set you back a little bit, like mental health and uh, just peace of mind wise. You know, mm-hmm. I look at my dad, I'm like, damn. The reason you are the way you are is because of the, the wars that you've been through that we didn't even know about. Yeah. You know, and, and, and listening to you, that, that definitely is something that I'm very aware of and, and I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So what are your, what are your plans past, past COVID? Man, um, hopefully, cause like they're saying that, um, like Live Nation basically, I think put out a statement where they're like, we don't expect events really up and running again to like, 2022 yeah i'm i'm fall 2021 on like mm-hmm. maybe outdoor concerts and thing, that things of that nature um you know to me i haven't uh it's it's a balance i think for entrepreneurs and, and business people during this time where you have to l- allow your imagination to extend past covid mm-hmm. right like what is possible and, and just to know that there are really good things for everybody around the corner mm-hmm. at the same time you have to be so dedicated to the um the, the the task and the problem solving and all of that right now. So for me, post COVID, man, I uh, it's funny because I have all these all these podcasts and and mm-hmm. uh, things from last year where I was like, the only thing I want twenty twenty to be is a, a year of stabilization. Yeah, that's why I came into this year. I was like, I got a lot going on. I just want to stabilize. You know, I want there to be less fluctuations. I want there to be more consistency that I so that I can kind of get the the momentum back bro i was jumping i was jumping out of the fucking window in 2020 bro we were like we went from because you know we did game crunch every year in like new york right so we went from like wanting to do it in one city which is like this really small boutique event that Mm. for some reason really took off and really started to work for us okay where i'm like 
off this one day i'm netting like enough to yeah it's it's nuts so i'm like okay let's like let's scale up a bit and then they were like oh well why don't we do another city i'm like fuck that let's do like four cities in a year Mm -hmm. so like super aggressive we found the partners microsoft was with it they were backing us we Mm -hmm. brought hyperx on shout out to the two of those guys those companies and we did um game crunch super bowl edition which for the first year and planning an event from basically across the country somewhat we pulled it off um and like shout out to microsoft because they're they're still super supportive and we we got plans with them Mm. even with everything going on with covid um they're they're shutting down all their stores but they're um, transitioning a lot of those spaces to experiential centers, which we're going to be doing some crazy shit with, That's which fine. I'm like super excited about, Love which that. is like another bad news, good news situation yeah. where I heard they were closing down stores and I was just like, fuck, well, I don't know what this is going to mean for like, you know, our working relationship. And then they reached out and they were like, oh, by the way, um, we want to double down on everything That's you guys, have been, which is, which is That's fucking dope. Yeah. But at first, again, it's heartbreaking because you're like. This is the first year we didn't do Game Crunch. Mm. Like, we're in August now. Game Crunch is usually in August. And, like, I spent five years building this event up from, like, 20 people to 200 people. You know what I mean? So, that was, like, completely heartbreaking. And we did the... Well, I mean, we did it in Miami still, which is sort of a constellation. But we were going to do New York, Miami, uh, L.A., and London. And hopefully by 2022, we're we're doing it in five cities again. But that's just me kind of working my way out of a rut and trying to like, I guess, finesse and go straight back into hustler mode. I've I've done pitch meetings, by the way, with like street lingo and completely lost a room, but they low key fucked with it. That's funny. That's funny. I I think yeah. um, the biggest the biggest thing that frustrates me about 2020. It's actually not the money. It's not the opportunities lost, even though that's one thing I should, I want to talk about. But my energy coming into this year mm. was something that I had worked on actively. So I usually take energy as far as what? Um, I was very drained at the end of last year, mm. just having to like, you know, just I felt like I was I was carrying a lot, you know, just mm. typical business wise. And, and, and personally, I was carrying a lot. And I take like from Christmas Eve to like January 3rd, kind of every year, just to shut all systems down. You know, like I don't be, I mean, family and all that's fine, but I don't be doing nothing mm-hmm. else. You're not going to find me at no New Year's party. I'm not doing nothing except spending the time manifesting, like breathing, taking time with myself, just being like, yo, what do you want? Uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not a big, like, I don't burn incense and say, yeah, I, 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 I'm not like you. that. You I, know I, what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm I yeah. want to let I'm a capitalist like I no. don't you know like I believe in energy but mm-hmm. at the same time I'm about I'm about getting to it but uh, I take some time with myself just to like reassess my priorities and coming into this year I had such a such a laser vision of what I wanted to do I wrote it all down and you know first two three months things start coming to life like boom 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 and I was like oh it's about to be crazy yeah. and then you know the carpet gets pulled out so that to me is something that I'm still working on how do I feel good about what's happening even though it is literally a nightmare scenario i feel like this shit's in your dna though bro because like i feel like success isn't what defines people solely but like how you come back from taking hits and and failure and shit like that so i want to speak on that too because you know i'm not sure for you similar where it's like when you come from from very little and you're trying to build it up Mm. that 
failure loop is something that exists, right? You fail, you figure it out, you move on to the next thing. But why do we always have to get knocked down or, or, or take those L's to feel like, damn, I'm learning something? Why can't we just, why can't things go just the win? way they're supposed to sometimes? I'm not. So, no, I get what you're saying. And, and I feel like you're speaking to what um, I've had many conversations about, which is when people treat like suffering as a virtue, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, Where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you took your lick, so now you deserve right. this or whatever. And I believe in that, by the yeah. way. I do. Believe I, I believe in paying your dues, but. I also believe like there are some things where like we're we're just not on equal footing with like um our counterparts in in society and I don't yeah. want to specifically say uh Caucasian people or whoever but there's not equal footing and and we're not going to just and if I'm speaking about like women of color like there is some a leg up I have there and uh if we were going to get into the whole um my thoughts on like you know uh the current state of i guess society and privilege and so on and so forth yeah a lot of people don't agree with me but i'm kind of like i don't want like to me white privilege is a thing because we make it a thing right interesting you don't know just hear me out for a second because i know i'm I'm open-minded i i feel like you have a a segment of the population who is treated the way everyone should be treated you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but the rest of us not being treated that way make us want to have them be treated more like we're treated versus the reverse where i believe we should be treated the way that they're being treated where everyone should get the benefit of the doubt and you everyone should get the, the the presumption of of innocence and everyone should meet someone and automatically get the idea of well this person has like no ill intent Mm -hmm. whether it be Mm -hmm. in regards to business or whatever benefit doubt like whether it be criminal matters or um a, a pitch meeting you know what i mean and you you have a segment of the population that i wouldn't necessarily they definitely have a leg up if you look at it in one way or they don't have obstacles put in front of them where they, they kind of have a path there that they still have to walk, mm-hmm. but there are no obstacles. Whereas on our side, it's like basically just filled with like pitfalls and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to not only work against not having resources, but also stigmas and ideas of who I am as a person. That's why I purposely like when I do everything I do, I dress a certain way. I don't want to have to put on a suit for you to take me seriously. I'm showing up to meetings in a hoodie. And um, I, I had a pitch meeting where I, I, I'd use a drug reference where I was like, bro, you like, you need, you're gonna, you, you can't step on it. Like, you know what I mean? You gotta give them, like, you gotta give it straight up. And they were like, no, they, they kind of got it. I feel like somebody in the room, like, got you, watched some TV show where he was just like, yeah. Yeah, but they, um, I explained the reference though anyway, and they got it. And I'm like, I feel like we should be able to be ourselves and be who we are. And that shouldn't in any way, even with like lingo, because I feel like language is a barrier and knowing the, the, I guess the, the lingo or the, I guess the terminology of whatever shouldn't mm-hmm. be a barrier. And I should be able to walk into a room and, and speak ebonics and still 
not have that like be a reflection of my intelligence right. or right. you know anything like that no i think i think that that last part i do um i know exactly what you mean not personally but being in a space obviously with you know i'm I'm surrounded by people of color in my work and you know, uh-huh. friendships and you start to um sometimes your friends will have some really good ideas uh-huh. and you're like oh yeah that's that's dope and then they either try to articulate or execute it and you're like ah why'd you do it that way like yeah you know you 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 like you ain't got to put that filter on it you you, yeah. you, you know like there, there's certain things certain habit and then you start to devalue their idea or just not take them seriously exactly because they had a grammatical error or you mm-hmm. know some type of and and to me it's an unlearning to to unlearn that just because there's certain you know mis-executions doesn't challenge the validity of other ideas that that process and I think that's maybe breaking, getting into the nuances of, of privilege and kind of getting out of the victim mentality yeah. and, and being like, yo, I got a shot. When you look at people like, and I know you're a big Nipsey fan, I'm, I'm also, and when you look at like um, the book, um, uh, uh, I want to say, because I, I, I butcher his name, Michael Eric Dyson, right? Which, which book? The Jay-Z book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he basically takes uh, Jay-Z lines and bars and so on and so forth and kind of break those down. And he's you have a scholar who's taking right. rap music and treating it like this, like, you know, he's writing this thesis or whatever right. on it. And I think at that point, we can we can start to look at these ideas as like. When Nipsey says something like by the block or whatever, we could start to look at these ideas for what they are. And like right. translate them versus like just kind of like scoffing right. or dismissing yeah, it, it yeah. because just, it's mm-hmm. not in in the the acceptable right. like you know uh, vernacular. Right. I mean, the, the idea of like something has to be inte- intellectualized before it's taken seriously. That's yeah. not right. You know, even with mm-hmm. Nip, like his whole tagline for a long time was "F the middleman." Yeah. You know, and like I bet you, if I sat my pops down, I was like, "Yo, listen." Nip has this theory called F the middleman. My dad would automatically stop listening because of the because of the curse word. Yeah. But if I were to explain, yo, there's an artist using vertical integration to, mm-hmm. you know, um, reduce friction and cost so that he can be more effective in getting his product to the market, mm-hmm. my dad would be all ears. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And and that's a prime example, I think, of that where it's like, you know, a lot of times we just spend too much time on the medium, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not on the Even, message. Like, like. Like re- reducing friction, um, like you know, vertical sales, so on and so forth. Like you, you have a, a situation where I, I low key feel like you have language created in a way where it's developed as a boundary. Like the people, the people who are putting the terminology in place and saying okay well this is what we're calling that and this same people that like put the sats together and saying yeah well this is what is our our um our ruler for intelligence is like my um my comprehensions like because i feel like there's different levels of genius and different like ways of expressing said genius Mm. that's like basically creating a test for an elephant and having a bird take it and right. he's obviously going to right. fail. That's 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 very well said. I think, you know, I remember my personal kind of endeavors. When my brother and I came together to start our, our marketing and creative agency, he had 
about one or two years of agency experience and I have been building an independent record label and been a freelance creative and marketer my whole life. Here I am older than my brother thinking, you know, I, I know how to put things together. He's coming through with, you know, here's how you format a deck, here's, you know, cost per acquisition, the CPM. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hold on, how does my, you know, because my brother had got that, that even if it was a little bit of exposure, mm-hmm. he had a, a grasp of the vernacular and how to like, um, bring it to, you know, bring it to clients and make it palatable. And I was like, well, I got work to do or, mm-hmm. and you start to doubt yourself. Do I not know the material mm-hmm. or do I not just know the, the, exactly. the, the vernacular? And I think to anybody in that position, it's just, um, I think it is part, you know, just educating yourself. And if you got to pick up one of them dumb, you know, so-and-so for dummies books mm-hmm. or just go on the internet and go through Investopedia and just, mm-hmm. you know, like do that. Don't let yourself be counted out because of something stupid like that at the same time you know if your ideas are good enough and if and if you can articulate them regardless of don't don't let anybody call you stupid because i i i seriously believe and if and i'll reduce it to like you know unfortunately um it is what it is like coming up the way i came up there's a lot of guys i know who like went left and they're doing what they do Mm. but let's say you're a, a street pharmacist the the knowledge and the know-how in in running that business and then the added layer of evading like law enforcement right. Right. is like dude like you could take that same like knowledge and it's transferable like there's there's a level that. of yeah there's yeah. a level of like discipline and and knowledge and Foresight business that. acumen yeah. that you have that you you're not even aware of right you know what i mean right if you apply that to something else, you'd probably excel at it. It's just someone told you you're only good enough to be X. It's probably more profitable on the other side too. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Use technology. I mean, honestly, I I feel like, it, and that's another situation where you know the the whole um, the whole drug scene and the whole marijuana thing, where it's like a, a guy that you know got pop selling drugs and he did it for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and he goes down when he gets out of jail and it's legal now he can't really participate in what is his trade because of a felony like i can't sell weed because i got locked up for selling weed it's you you have these societal traps where it's like you can't win for losing no i think that's one of the most glaring kind of Mm -hmm. you know examples of of the type of entrenched nature of white supremacy yeah. and or the way the system is really not made for equality. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, that, that, I don't, but that's a whole, we could do a whole podcast. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast on that because even the, like after the, what's that called again? Um, I don't want to say I'm a pessimist, but I looked at everything that was happening and I was like devastated when I saw that. It feels like I'm in this loop, you know what I mean? And the same shit keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And we, for for the life of us, we can't figure out how to get out of right. this loop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously the the layer of all the unrest and the, and the reminders of injustice during this time have really compounded kind of like what you're spending your time doing you know and i think for me as a as a person of color uh, a minority 
that A, profits off black culture and lives in black spaces as mm-hmm. a non-black person. I saw that tweet too, which was dope. Yeah. I, I reposted that. Thank you, man. I think it took me a level of acknowledging what privilege I had, even if I didn't see it as privilege. Because mm-hmm. for me, when I'm with my boys or when I'm, you know, in, in scenarios, I'm getting treated the same way. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I got I got accosted in Hong Kong by the police and I've been, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things. But it's not the same, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for me to understand, like. I, I low-key feel like, I mean, there there are definitely differences. And maybe my perspective is different because I'm, I'm black, but I'm also the children of immigrants. But mm-hmm. I see, like, brown people pretty much in the same boat fighting the same stereotypes, even if. They're like some of the stereotypes are like, I don't want to say positive, but like they might skew a certain right. way. It's still like you're being put in this box. Yeah, I think there are commonalities, but I think it was really important for me to understand the, the stark differences in, yeah. in those two struggles and also then realizing what do I need to do better? You know, um, mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of the last couple of years donating. Um, when we do our, our yearly donations, we do a lot in, for nonprofits overseas in Africa and India, particularly in education and women's rights and things like that. And I'm like, I got more problems next door in Newark that I can actually solve than I have to worry about, you know, yeah. overseas. And obviously you want to do it all, but, you know, yeah. I'm given while I go. So it's it's harder for me to have that. But, yeah, man, I've spent some time um, really figuring out what I need to do more. I look at, you know, I use social media as an education platform. Mm. And my whole job there is to give away game. Because, like you said before, it's like I could – tell you the whole playbook you won't be able to run it as well as me yeah. and i take confidence in knowing you know what i do well at the same time that means that doesn't mean i can't put you onto whatever i've yeah. you know been and to. i i try to be a, a open a open resource like my best example is like our our common homie aunt mm-hmm. we we have very similar businesses and i'm super competitive but i still believe in everybody sure. everybody could eat you know sure. what i mean sure so if it's been really cool and refreshing to basically not have to like compete with someone where like if Ant needs something, I'll reach right. out and and he'll ask me or vice versa or whatever and being resources to each other and giving each other a leg up while still running this race. Yeah, I think I think this idea of like group economics and being way more collective driven. Something I've been doing for years, by the way, I got mm-hmm. all, all my boys whenever they get a little bit of money. I'm like, what you about to do with that? Come invest with me. Mm-hmm. You but know, wealth, wealth begets wealth. Like money makes more money. So and and now that we're in this position where it's mm-hmm. like there's a, a cultural headline that you can really use. You know, I I think hopefully that's going to inspire more of us to like get together and and get it because you know owning ten percent of of a mill is, is way better than owning none of it. Yeah, you right. know, and and I think our mentality has to shift where it's like, yo, I'm happy to split the pie because mm-hmm. as long as we're capture a market share away from the people that had it previously equity is equity is like the the thing for me because i've been offered jobs and positions consulting whatever and it would certainly make life easier for me and i mean don't get me wrong like i've i've definitely gotten an earphone from my parents when i've turned down certain positions but i'm like dude i would rather make 60 grand a year and work for myself and be happy and be free and move the way I want to move than make like 150 grand and uh be working in somebody else's house because I don't own it it's not mine you know what I mean he could tell me where to go and when to be there and the same person that's feeding you could starve you you know what I mean I mean peace of mind has a price tag figure out what it is for you but that's Mm -hmm. something I realized when I was young 
peace of mind has a price tag. It could be worth twenty grand. It could be worth two hundred grand. That's all. And disclaimer, I I don't make sixty grand a year. I'm not telling okay. people what I'm making, but I'm wrong. just saying Ain't there's no there's nothing wrong with sixty grand. I'm not saying I'm making more. I'm making less. I'm just saying I don't want to put that number out there nah, for family members that are listening. Um, if you could do anything outside of what you're doing now, and you do a lot of things, you do a lot. Of, it's it's hard because like you know we're serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. But if you could pick one thing, you know what I mean, outside of what you're doing now, what would it be? I feel like last year I came into a, a final form of myself as a business person where I was like, if I don't touch anything else for the rest of my life, I love what I'm involved in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the answer to that question would be um, probably some, some type of education reform and or um, That's fire. Yeah, some type of some type of way to uh, get the proper education in front of young people and, and specifically in the in the realm of entrepreneurship and equity and creating business because i think that's where the most value can be created. it's crazy that you say that because a lot of guys i know in tech especially the ones who become like radically like successful Mm -hmm. the first thing they do is like jump into education Hmm. and that's like that's the ultimate flex for me i forget the name of the guy but um he he got bought out i forget what his company did he got bought out by google i could research it anyone could go look it up but he basically um, created a school because he wasn't satisfied with any of the schools his kids could go to. Mm. So he built his own. Mm. And they were doing things as radical as teaching coding and like pre-K through like, you know, the use of toys and so on and so forth. And I think some of the work they did actually inspired like Lego to go out and develop their own like coding toy line and so on and so forth. Shout out Send to Lego. offline. I want to look into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So like I, I think education is just ripe and ready to i mean there are a lot of people who profit off of it being the way it is but Mm -hmm. um it's ripe to be like uh disrupted Mm -hmm. and it's so antiquated and the way we we look at education and learning is so old right it'd be cool to have someone go in there and like shake things up yeah i think it needs our perspective too it needs it needs a non definitely uh, you know oppressor perspective (laughs) definitely (laughs) bars um Honestly, like my my whole thing is if I told myself um, I have a magic number in my head and I'm like when I hit five mil liquid, Mm -hmm. which is a very big difference between just having five Mm -hmm. or five mil, Mm -hmm. five mil liquid. um, I want to take a year off and like like go to culinary school or some shit like just something just radically out of like my comfort zone. I love that. I've been thinking about actually post covid when we talk about post covid, I'm thinking about. Sometime next year, taking like a month off to like not have to run, <coughs> have to run this crazy marathon. Yeah. But I don't know if that's going to happen for me, just the way my life is set up. But I do think it's it's important to get that recharge, however, you know, and do something crazy, man. Yeah, I think it's my. I got, is I got that? All, I got all these things on my head. Man. Is it's culinary crazy. school or moving to Thailand for like right. a month and like learning Muay Thai or some shit? love that yeah i I would do something similar man i think i would i would go um take photos you know somewhere or or, travel or or teach somewhere or something i i just want to like learn myself deeper i feel like there's there's levels to me Mm -hmm. that i'm unaware of like Mm -hmm. i learned more about myself when i became a parent um i feel like you learn a lot about yourself when you're like in a fight i I just want to learn yeah I yeah. think I think when we're in this pressure cooker that we live in now, we learn a lot about ourselves, but it's in very specific areas yeah. and verticals. You know, like there's 
there's a whole probably side of us, like you said, in a fight or in a situation. Because everything that we do every day, we know really well. Okay, yeah. I, I'm doing what I'm really good at. Now put yourself in a position where you don't know something really well. Foreign country, foreign language, this, yeah. that. How you going to react? That's like cool. like low-key like I, I mean i'm a huge walking dead fan but like you'll you'll watch the show and like someone who's like this like stone cold killer used to be like a a school bus driver or some crazy shit like that it's like you know just i want to know what i'm capable of and push myself to to limits become like a, a better human being on top of being a better businessman and father and so on and so forth I love um i i mean I, I want to close out. There's so much more conversation to be had, but um, a, a starting entrepreneur, and and this is a big deal. Like if if you could, better yet, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice, like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. what what advice would you give your younger self at the beginning of your journey? I think two things that that I always kind of pull back to is a don't let other people project their fear onto you. Or their fears onto you. So when you pitch somebody an idea, they say, no, that'll never work. That's them in their mind, not knowing how to make it work, telling you it's never going to work. So separating the fear that people put on to you and the actual fear that you have in yourself, which is part, you know, partially just part of the process. Um, don't, yeah, don't take advice from the wrong people. The second thing would be belief and having a stronger sense of, of belief and, and being like, I got more time than I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm better than I give myself credit for. And if I go really hard, I believe that I can change my whole life. Mm-hmm. I did that, but I did that through a lot of doubt or just a lot of like friction. You know, and and I was in a bad business, uh, bad business uh, situation. I had family, you know, I had health stuff. I had all things going on, but I had to find belief on the other side. Once I got over mm-hmm. the edge, I was like, oh, sh- this is what mm-hmm. I could do. Now I'm about to run the score up. And it's, it's crazy having to like mind that. And I think people who are, I feel like on the other side, we have an advantage. I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but on, on the other side, I know I, I feel like we have an advantage that people who've never had to fight adversity don't have. 100. Like people that sort of just had any, everything handed to them. They're not, they're not built for this. Like if you put me in a cage with that guy, like I'm going to eat him alive, right. bro. Because I, I had to, I didn't have any type of, don't get me wrong, my parents were supportive and so on and so forth, but they didn't know how to support me because in their minds, you go to school, you get a job. Right. Me telling you out of college, like, I did this for you. I, I went to college, so, like, you know, for you guys, but I, I did my time, like, I'm going to do my own thing now. Right. Same thing. They don't know how to process that until like you know you're making x amount because that's like success like you're making x amount and they're like oh so you're straight good job right they don't know how to support that family doesn't know how to support that friends who have jobs don't know how to support that because they're trying to support you while dealing with their own insecurities about what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like exactly like are you you think you're better than me or like you know what i mean and all that other shit and mining all of that like belief in yourself and then finally getting someone and it's completely different when you finally get someone on the outside looking at what you're doing and you're like dude you you've got something there you're figuring it out it's a different type of energy yeah no i think you nailed it man i think that that is what I would tell young people is 
obviously do your homework and mm-hmm. be really sharp, be better than everybody else by just going to the gym every day. But mm-hmm. believe in yourself because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who probably never got to the point that mm-hmm. they needed to because they. And and just I I would I would say to to myself um you you belong in the room man mm-hmm. like getting into rooms where I felt insecure and I was looking around and I almost like you know that whole imposter syndrome thing where I was just like dude like I don't know if I'm supposed to be here you know what I mean right. and just telling myself like yo who who cares like yeah you're wearing sweatpants and yeah you have a chain but yeah you belong in there yeah. They don't know what you know because they haven't experienced what you experience. Your perspective is is like valuable. Yeah, I, I always say that perspective is power. Mm. That's what separates. Even if you're ten years younger or sixty five shades lighter or darker, it don't mm. matter. Your perspective is what. Is mm. How you going? And um, yeah, we could wrap up there. Sidebar. Uh, another thing I'm doing is I'm going to like go to fucking Antarctica and I'm gonna let you know that the, I'm, go, I'm gonna fucking do it like it's it's like on my to-do list wow. so I'll let you know right, I'll be in a Porsche but hey right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm I want the Porsche too I was in Montclair the other day they had one on sale I was looking it was like uh it was 50 racks and um 9-11 it was a Carrera mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's my dream car but you know one of these is it's right. thanks for coming out man I appreciate you appreciate you, you. alright I'd like to thank our sponsors, Catalyst Case, Senstroke, Wildhorn Outfitters, and of course, Blue Microphone. This is Reg, and you're listening to Thought Hack.